What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined by my co-host, Zach Hamill. How are we doing today, Zach? Hey, man, good. How are you? Good. You know, just getting prepared for the Bills' big game tomorrow. Stress level all-time high per usual, but, you know, I think we're going to pull it out. Me too. I'm excited. You know, uh, it's been a few weeks since we've talked some NBA. There's really uh, nothing to talk about, right? <laughs> so, uh, the big news coming down these past few days, James Harden is going to Brooklyn. He kind of uh, forced his way out based on that last press conference saying he pretty much gave everything he had left to Houston and He's pretty much basically done. DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, both kind of taking some shots at him. The full trade, I'll just kind of go over it real quick. So Houston gets Victor Oladipo, who they got in a swap after they first acquired Karis LeVert from Brooklyn. They get Dante Exum, Kurut, first-round picks in 22 from Milwaukee, 22 from Brooklyn, 24 and 26. All of those picks are unprotected. And then they have swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27. Brooklyn gets James Harden. The Pacers get Karis LeVert in a second-round pick. And the Cleveland Cavaliers get Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. So just right off the bat, what are your thoughts on the trade itself? And where do you think that positions Brooklyn in the East? Uh, I really like it. Um, you know, they're going to have some depth issues, but you know, they can have at least one of those guys on the court at all times to run their offense through and then obviously close with all three. I I think – I don't know if they did it because they're worried about Kyrie not coming back or if they're just making a real run at the thing. I think, um, you know, if if I were Houston on Houston's side, I probably would have done the Simmons deal. But, you know, that's a whole other conversation. I think um, if you're Brooklyn – you know, those guys are role players. You can find them again, um, but you can't really find top-tier talent like like Harden, Irving, and Durant. So I think if the opportunity is there, you got to do it. And I do, th- I do think that they're probably the most threatening team in the East now. Yeah, I agree. I You and me had texted back and forth a little bit when the trade first went down. So I think this puts them easily in position to win the East for the regular season. My biggest concern with the trade itself, and I had mentioned this to you before, is I actually like the idea of Harden and KD together by themselves. First and foremost, I just have no idea what's going on with Kyrie Irving. Like, the dude just off the walls all the time. Like, he just doesn't show up, and he's just like, yeah, not coming to the game today, guys. Sorry. Just, like, goes on his own little journey. Like, I I just don't know if it's basketball – or his mind's on basketball, and I think that's a little bit of concern. I know the reports today were, I think it was Wojer Sham said that he is reportedly returning to the team within the next few days. Um, my next concern, and I know like everyone makes a joke about like there's only one ball, and I know it worked in Golden State with KD, Clay, and Steph. I just don't know if Harden and Kyrie are willing to defer as much as people think they will. And I know like Harden did it back in OKC, but that was so long ago and he's such a ball dominant player. And I don't know if Harden and Kyrie are going to be okay with KD being 
the guy like late in the game, like of those three players, I want Kevin Durant taking the final shot. I don't know about you, but yeah, I don't. I mean, ideally you do, but if they're going to throw two people at him, then there's not a better second banana or third in the entire league now. So if he gets hits, hits a double team, then the other, I mean, it's a good point. I just. I'm not going to assume they're going to all hate each other without seeing it first. If it happens, I'm not going to be shocked about it, but I could also see them liking each other getting along fine. Yeah, I think it's very much a wait and see. I think they could easily walk through the East and make it to the finals, or they could hate each other, or Kyrie Irving could have some you know, more diva tendencies, maybe Harden's. Like, I mean, it's clear that he's overweight now, and Honestly, like, not in a non-joking way, like, he could potentially, like, get hurt if he, like, tries to overdo it, trying to get himself back into shape. Not that he, like, can't score the way he is now, but, um, and then, like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a wait and see for everybody. I think there is, I think when Kyrie comes back and is, like, with the team for multiple games was when we'll finally see. And I want to see that matched up against the Milwaukee's, the Miami's. Um, and the Sixers of the East and see how they look against them before I make any prejudgments. Yeah, I I think they got lucky um, that it was just them in Philly because I would imagine – I didn't see this anywhere, but I would imagine that Houston wasn't thrilled about trading Harden to Daryl Morey, who just quit. Um, you know, for him to leave for another job that he thinks is better and then take your best player with him, that's got to sting. So I think it was basically like, here, here's the deal that we're going to get from Philly. You just got to beat it. And then they probably wanted to restock the cupboard because, you know, Daryl Morey was there last year and traded all those picks for Westbrook. So they're, they're going to have to reboot. I just, I'm surprised that it, it sounds like a lot, but I don't think it really is. If that makes sense. Like none of those picks are, I mean, unless these guys get really hurt again, like career ending injury, I don't think these picks are going to transfer over to something great. Do you? No, I think it, it, kind of shows shit. I think Brooklyn fans are worried because you look at what they did when they traded all the picks to acquire, you know, the original big three in Brooklyn of, you know, KG, Paul Pierce, and those guys, and they gave away all their future picks to the Celtics, and obviously we all know how that turned out. I think this Yeah, he's hard 31. He's not 35. You know? Exactly. Yeah, I think this works better, like you said. I think it all health, all health depending. Now, that being said, like, that's still a lot of good draft capital for the Rockets. I think that's it was a good trade for them. Getting Oladipo on an expiring deal, I think, works out well. I think we both agree that Karis LeVert um, is going to be a better player overall. We'll actually touch on the Pacers here in a second. But, um, yeah, like I mean, the, and they, they obviously want to go under the, under the tax because they didn't. Cleveland only came comes in to take Allen off their hands so they don't have to pay him. So it just shows you where Houston's priorities are because Allen's a good player. You know, I ex- think, like, I would have kept him, but I mean, I'm not, it's not my money. So, yeah, exactly. And I think also, like you had mentioned before, Personally, I think a Ben Simmons deal would have been better. But I think, like you said, the two major factors in that was that you didn't want to trade Harden back to Morty. And also the fact that you just got John Wall in the trade. And I don't know if they didn't think that Wall and Simmons would be able to like kind of coexist. I mean, neither of them are great cheers. I mean, John Wall's actually been playing really well this year. But I just don't know if those two in a backcourt, the way they both really – I mean, Ben doesn't really shoot threes. I know he's taken a few this year, but – John Wall is not a great three-point shooter. They're both more distributing types. So I think that was another reason. But let's talk about the Pacers here, who I actually think, obviously, if Brooklyn wins a title here, I think that everyone's going to say the trade was worth it. But if they don't win a title in this you know, three, four-year stretch, 
I think the Pacers, you know, make out great in this deal. And I know you texted me last night about Malcolm Brogdon. Building around Lavert, Brogdon, and Sabonis going forward, like the Pacers could be for real, man. Yeah, I mean, they probably they're gonna have a little bit more of money to spend too. I, I think uh, it's tough to get guys to go there. So what they're doing is really impressive. You know, Lavert is TJ Warren. I don't think he's coming back for a while. I think Lavert's a little bit better than Warren. And you know, all that trash that Oladipo last year, like the stories coming out of him going up to opponents and be like, "Hey, can I run with you guys next year?" Like that's just embarrassing. So. I'm glad they can move on from him. Um, and I just think Lover's better. Oladipo hasn't been himself for the two years now. It's a big enough sample size where I can say I don't think he's going to be back to who he was before. Yeah, and Brogdon's just been out of this world this year, I think. I mean, yeah, I think him last and are both all-stars. Yeah, I completely agree. And the thing, too, is if they – the past few years, it seems like they're kind of ready to move on from Miles Turner – um, if they're able to, you know, he's been good in. too. What was what was that? He's been good too. Yeah, he has. So I don't know if they're wanting to move on from him. I mean, they've reportedly put wanted to move on, but I don't know based on what he's played this year. I mean, he'll kind of factor in when we talk about centers a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like what the Pacers are doing. I think we both agree that like every year they're one of those teams that like you're like, all right, like they're gonna make the playoffs and they'll be. A, six to eight seed in the east and then they always come out and they actually look like they're going to be a three to four seed in the east like they've just done a really good job this year i think and sabonis i think is just out of this world that was a great trade for them and it's kind of weird looking back at it like thinking if paul george would have stayed like how different this team would be but it's kind of too late to look back on that now yeah i mean they don't jump off the screen at you so every year i'm too low on them to start the season and then they go out and win 55 games, you know? Yeah. And one last thing on Brooklyn. So their roster right now with KD, Harden, Kyrie, Joe Harris, and DeAndre Jordan's their starters. Their bench right now is looking like Shamit, uh, Luan Cabro, Chioza, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton. Obviously, Dinwiddie's out for the year. So my big thing was come playoff time, especially late in games. Like, I, don't, I just feel like people forget, even though, like, you have KD, Kyrie, um, and Harden, like DeAndre Jordan's kind of a defensive anchor with KD because, like, Harden and Kyrie aren't really known for defense. I think like, Jeff Green will close games. I agree. I just think, like, DeAndre Jordan's never going to see the floor late in games. Yeah. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to defend come time if they do make the finals and they have to try to guard an AD. I mean, I know they got Durant, but trying to guard him and LeBron with either Jeff Green or DeAndre Jordan, I just don't know how it's going to work, but we'll see. Yeah, they're like they're, I think I saw their own five already. If they don't score 120, so yeah. shows you what shows you what they're gonna do. But they, I mean, hey, they they cannot score yet. That's all. Whatever, whatever works. Yeah, for sure. And quick note, obviously, you know I'm a Heat fan. I'm glad they didn't trade for Harden because I know if they did, it would have included probably Hero or Robinson. And I know they got they didn't get smoked by the Sixers, but like they didn't play very. They went to OT against Sixers and then they lost pretty soundly yesterday. But those two games pretty much just confirmed I do not want them to trade Hero or Robinson at all. Like, they both looked incredible against a really good Philadelphia team by themselves with everyone else out with COVID. Yeah, they're solid, man. I, I would never want to play those guys in this game series. So, moving on to centers now. So, this is our last kind of snippet of the top 10. Um, this one's a little bit cheated because, like, we're a couple or a little bit into the season now, so we can kind of 
adjust a little bit more than the past list. But we're going to go through top 10. Um, like usual, we'll start with some few guys outside the top 10. Um, the first few I had outside were Clint Capella, Montrez Harrell, Turner, Valanciunas. And then I have two other guys that looking – it's hard to judge because sometimes they play power forward. Sometimes they play center. I wanted to mention both of them. They're not in my top 10. Abaka is like right there. I just didn't really like he's plays so much back and forth between him and Zubats. It's hard to really give him a position for me to put him on a list. And then Christian Wood for the Rockets has been unreal this year. Like I think he is easily number one right now for most improved player, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, have, I had Wood just outside too. Um, he hasn't really fun to watch. He's, he's not afraid to shoot it. I'll, I'll just tell you that. Um, with Harden gone, he's going to shoot it like 30 times a game. Um, I have him in fantasy basketball. He's been awesome. But just outside the 10, I have uh, Jared Allen, who we just talked about. Um, I thought he'd be in there, but I just couldn't bump him ahead of a couple guys. And then uh, Mitchell Robinson, I really like for the Knicks. Um, Marcus Hall, I had just out, you know, which sounds crazy, but um, he's lost a step. He's still solid, but um, they – like. You said Harrell. I think him and Gasol, depending on the team, will be – it'll be the total matchup-driven thing who plays more in each game with those two. I completely agree. Uh, we'll start with – I'll start with number 10. I have Steven Adams on the Pelicans. Um, I think he is a really underappreciated big man from a passing perspective. I think he's really good at seeing the floor and making passes. Um, I think he's obviously taken a step back the past few years offensively. I think part of that is, you know, just the team he's on now. I think when he was with Russ, obviously, in OKC, it was him and Russ doing a lot of the pick and roll. Not that he doesn't do that now in New Orleans, but because they have Zion for, like, the kind of the lob and roll, they've been using a lot more of Bledsoe and Ingram bringing it up, and Lonzo's been playing more of a shooting guard role. I think if Lonzo was playing the point, you'd see Adam utilized a little bit more. But I just really have always liked his game. He's been really consistent in his career. Um, and I think it's very hard for me not to put him in the top 10. Yeah, I had him out. Um, I think I might be kind of holding against him the fit there, which isn't his fault. But like you were saying, like, they don't have any shooting, and it's just not really working on offense there. Um, I just don't know if him and Zion are a great fit. And he, he just he's only like 32 or something, which he, he might be younger than that. But he's like 50 years old in minutes, you know. And, like, he's taken so much abuse over the years that um, – I think he's become a little overpaid. I mean, he's he's not going to lose you any games, but he can't. He's never been able to step out and shoot it. Um, he's tough, sets good screens, but I, I didn't have him in. My my ten is uh, Drummond. Um, another guy that in fantasy is awesome, but it's never equated into winning with him. You know, Detroit and Cleveland um, seems like a great guy. He rebounds the hell out of the ball, but um, he's not going to do much passing. I'm sure you saw that clip. You see that clip like a week ago of him at the top of the key. Yeah, it was hysterical. <laughs> yeah, and so like that's just the thing that he's never going to add to his game, which he's a freak athlete. Um, you'd want him on your team, but um, there's a lot left to be desired. So that was, I had him at ten. Yeah, I actually have him at nine. Same type of thing. Like he's a walking double double, but you know between free throw shooting, he gets in a lot of foul trouble. You know, like you said, a guy you want on your team, but he's never going to like. I think their thought when him and Blake were in. Detroit was like they're just gonna like bully you in the paint and like kind of change it and then just have like shooters outside them, but like like he's just not that guy. 
Like he's not a he's gonna he'd be like a third option for like a really good like playoff team. And I think they were trying to make him like a first second option, which I just don't think he is. But yeah, I have him at nine. Yeah, he's like, he, he, you gotta have a point guard that can run a pick and roll and he's gonna catch lobs because he's not gonna ever be a back to the basket post up guy or which just he's limited, you know. That's it's it's pretty obvious. My nine is uh DeAndre Ayton. Um I was really impressed with the strides he's made in two years. At first, I was like, you know, he's always going to be compared to Luca, which is scary. And it wasn't really coming together. But um, Chris Paul really knows how to use him. Um, they've been fun. He's become way better on defense. And he's just so freaking athletic. Um, his jumper gets better and better, I feel like, every time I watch them, too. It's, it's like the mechanics are there. You know, he shoots his foul shots well. It seems like he's going to add, like, a, a pretty steady jumper for his career. I like. I don't know. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I completely agree. I have him a little bit higher on my list. I'll get to him um, just in a second. I actually have a guy that unfortunately just got hurt, and he's going to be out for eight weeks. I have Yusuf Nurkic at number eight. Um, Really have always liked his game. He just cannot stay healthy. Like, you can tell how much of a different team Portland is when he's on the floor compared to when he's not. And he's a guy that's kind of expanded his range over the years. And I think they got an absolute steal in that deal that they originally made with Denver for him. Um, it's just – it's so tough to see him continuously just get hurt. Because, like, Portland's been playing some really good basketball. I sent you that clip of Dame talking to that reporter about him and C.J. McCollum, which I thought was hysterical. Um, but, yeah, I've always liked Dirk's game. I think in the playoffs he's been big for them the past few years. But um, you can definitely tell that the injuries are starting to take a toll on him. So I definitely couldn't um, put him higher than eight. Yeah, I did put him higher. I'll get, the, get there in a little bit. But I agree. The reason I have him as high as I do is because, um, like you said, his numbers on the court, they don't lose. Um, they're just like a, they're like a top three Western team when he plays, and they're like an eight seed when he doesn't. Um, this one's a broken hand. It's not like his knees keep going. It seems like a freak accident. But you're right. He gets hurt a lot. Um, my eight is Miles Turner. I had him in there. I know you didn't. I think just he's a, become a really solid three-point shooter, so he fits well with Sabonis. I never really understood why they wanted to break that up. Like, um, I think it works, and it seems like the new their new coach is is has their offense humming a little bit more, um, and he protects the rim. You know, he doesn't really have any huge weaknesses, but you know, he's not a superstar, but he's really solid. Yeah, I like Turner's game. I think part of the reason maybe they thought about moving on as they saw the development of Warren and also with Sabonis hurt um, the late part of last year. I just don't think, I think when Sabonis and him do play together, his game does take that whole next step. And I think when he's by himself, he's kind of more on that Island. So I think that might've had something to do with it, but I agree. He's been playing um, super well this year and he's definitely, I'm interested to see what they do with him, whether they keep him or um, move him maybe at like the deadline, depending on where they're at. Um, I have DeAndre Ayton at number seven. I really like how he's played this year. I think if they get Chris Paul's last part of his career like out of him and he stays there, I think him and Booker with Ayton in the pick-and-roll game is going to be great. Like you said, consistently is getting better, especially on the defensive end. I really like what I've seen out of him this year, um, and I think he's just going to continue climbing the center charts um, year after year. But, yeah, I have him at number uh, seven. Uh, my seven is is Nikola Vukovic on uh, the Magic, who I just watched make a three. As I said that, um, really talented offensive player, a little flat footed on defense, but um, he's just solid. I mean, he's he's always on like the brink of the All Star team. Um, 
really good passer, really good pick and pop guy, really good pick and roll guy. Um, you know, no one's turning turning on the magic that often. So I think he's not a really a household name, but he's been like a 20 and 10 guy for um, like three or four years now. Yeah, I have Vucevic a little bit higher. Um, like last time, we've always talked about we have some players on our list that are different. I think that's why my list would probably be like one-off years because of a guy I'm going to have a lot higher. Um, my number six was Rudy Gobert. Um, I'd like to put him higher. It's just like the guys in front of him are so much more talented offensively. And being a defensive anchor only goes so far in today's game because of how much scoring's done. And, like, every year he's going to be in that conversation for defensive play of the year, and he's a vital part to the Jazz. And I'm glad he actually stayed there because I think he's great for Quinn Snyder and the type of, like, offense-defensive system they run. I think it's nice, too, because Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley and, like, Bogdan Mitchell, those guys kind of can just do whatever they want on the offensive end, knowing Gobert is going to hold it down defensively. And then they kind of can get him to chip in, you know, 10 to 12 points here and there. And then occasionally he – puts up a 20 30 point game but yeah i mean i like gobert's game um i think just the way the nba is played now since he's not like a great shooter in the perimeter i think that's why he's a little bit lower but overall i think gobert's a beast yeah i have him a little higher my sixth is nurk um i just yeah like we already talked about it so you can go to your five if you want okay yeah i had vucevic at five so that's where i had him same type of thing as all things you said um, I think I put him a little higher just because of how well he passes it as a big man, and he kind of just goes under the radar because of, you know, how either the Magic are bad or they're, like, in that six to eight seed that no one really thinks about. But then they always beat, like, the number two, three seed, whoever they play in the first game, like, every single year. Um, He drops, like, 30 and 10 or something ridiculous. But, yeah, he's had a monster year this year. He's been shooting the shit out of the ball from three this year. Yeah, my five is Towns. Um, you'd think he'd be higher, but he just, they just never win. Like, they never win. It has not resulted in anything. He's got all the talent in the world on offense. His footwork is his passing. You know, he rebounds well, but he's just such a bad defender. And it kills me. that He just he just got COVID. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, um, I did. I was – I feel for him, man. Yeah, That's Jesus so Christ. Rough. I totally get it if his head's not in the, in the basketball this year. But um, you, you I can't put you higher than five. He just he, – they, they, they suck year in and year out. And, um, you know, you got to at least, at least drag him to, like, the – like the bring the playoffs like Kevin Love was when he was there, you know? Yeah. So I had a two player for my four. Cat was one of them. So this was kind of how last time you had we had talked about Porzingis. So I had put Porzingis in the center group, but I was I kind of wanted to I would have put Cat here. So I put them kind of together four or five. So I put Porzingis slash Cat. Same thing as you just said about Carly Towns. You would like to see for a player of that caliber be able to carry his team to a seven, eight seed or just like really close to the playoffs. Um, Porzingis, you know, obviously he's a stud, you know, it was really good to finally see him back. His health issues are obviously what's been holding him back from being better. But I think the next three guys above him are just like way better than him right now. And part of that's health. Um, if he can continue to stay healthy, he could easily climb higher. I mean, limitless range does all the things you want defensively. Um, all the stuff that you said about Cat, I just, when I saw that man, I was just like heartbroken. Like such a terrible year for him. I hope that he gets out of that quick, and hopefully the Wolves can maybe make a little bit of a run and get a seven eight seed because they were playing decently well. They kind of dropped off on these past few games, but I'm really I like the way Cat plays. But like you said, he they just need to 
get into that seven eight seed if they want to if he wants to be higher on a list like this. Yeah, my four is Gobert. Um, I just I couldn't put him lower because I he you'd say he's their second best player, right? Hundred percent, Mitchell one, Gobert two, for right? Sure. And they're like a, they're a constant four or five seed in their loaded West, so like he's doing something right. I mean, I, he's not fun to watch. Um, he's never added more to his offensive game, but he he he's a really good defensive anchor, great screen setter, um, good on the offensive boards. He's just solid. I mean, seems like kind of an asshole, but, but <laughs> I just uh, uh, you know I could not. Like, you you think from first your first instinct with him and Towns is to pick Towns, right? But like. The winning is the winning, and I think Gobert, um, at the very like, he's a floor raiser. You know what I mean? He he puts you he puts you where you're only you're only gonna be so bad at in certain points if you have him on your team. Yeah, and I was a little concerned last year after the whole COVID thing when he kind of took it as a joke, and then it kind of blew up in his face. And it yeah, I, like I thought tension. Yeah, so it's good that they kind of got that all settled down because, like we talked about, he's an anchor for that team. I think he's going to be important as Mitchell continues to develop. If they can just add one more, you know, Bogdanovich and Conley are both nice pieces, but if they can get one more um, all-star caliber player to play with Mitchell, I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, um, I think a new owner who seems like he's more willing to spend money, so I have my eye on them. Yeah. Um, I think our one through three are going to be the exact same. Um, I changed my mind after I talked to you yesterday, and I did have Joker at one. I'm just going to take a guess. Is your one, two, three, Jokic, Embiid, Adebayo? Yep. All right. So we have the same. We'll, we'll go through each one here. So Bam, um, obviously Heat fan, really impressed with his development over the past few years. He's continuously improved his mid-range jumper, which I think is huge. If he can ever get it out to the three-point line, he's just going to be one of the toughest bigs to guard. He can guard one through five, as we saw many times last year in the playoffs. I mean – that play on Jason Tatum alone, blocking it and sealing that game, kind of just cemented like how important he is to the Heat. Um, I'd say he's easily. I think right now Jimmy's still like the guy, but I think Bam's actually like the most important player to the Heat team. If that makes sense, I think I think he's their best player. Okay, I mean I could see that. I think Jimmy just Jimmy's the way he their played, leader, right? But yeah, I think Bam is just so. Um, like malleable and, and he does so many like I, I'm a huge Kentucky fan as I've told you and I watched every that was one of my favorite teams that he was on with with Fox and Monk and if you would have told me then that he would end up being like Draymond Green uh, and a, as a max contract I would have been like there's no way it's credit it means huge credit to him huge credit to the Heat he doesn't have any I, I think he, I think his jumper looks so smooth that he'll end up backing up to three point line at one point yeah I think the Heat just have a knack of finding talent. I could, I think by the end of the year, I'm still going to say Jimmy is for right now, just based on the way he played in the finals. I mean, part of that's because Bam got hurt, so I guess I can't really blame him for that. Now he's on the COVID list. But I think by the end of the year, I could definitely see Bam being the best. Um, I mean, I love watching them when they're on down here. I mean, between him and Jimmy and then just like the nice pieces around them with Dragic, Adebayo, or Dragic, Robinson, and Hero, um, it's super fun to watch. I'm really glad they snagged Avery Bradley in the offseason. I thought that was a perfect get to kind of replace the Jay Crowder role. Yeah. Um, I think they're right where they should be based on the injuries and COVID stuff. That, I mean, they're like about a 501 game below 500 right now. I think they'll get it going, but I think the way the Heat play and the way Spoke coaches, I think no matter where they're seated, they're going to be a tough out when playoffs come around. 
Yeah, I mean, this year you just got to get in, you know. Um, I don't think there'd be any if, – if there'd be very few fans, if any, in any of these places. I don't think home court's going to really matter. And I just – they're like the last team I'd want to see. Yeah. Um, Embiid, number two right now for both of us. I think he right now, if the season ends today, I say I'd give my MVP, MVP, uh, MVP vote to him. Yeah, me too. Um, I think he's been playing out of this world. I've been a little bit critical on him um, the past few years. He's – Looks like he's finally healthy. He has become a man amongst boys on both offense and defense. His three's been a lot better this year. Um, he just seems a lot more committed than he has in past years, um, personally to me, to like winning and like locking in more. I feel like sometimes he kind of would like some games, I feel like he just like disappear against certain te- like the bigger teams, and you're like, where the heck is Joel? But I don't, I haven't seen that once this year from him. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him. Yeah, I, I, I've harped on it, but it's it's a huge deal. I mean, as soon as they got spacing for him, he he, he he's so much better off for it. He's pa- he, come, he passes out of the doubles way quicker. They have shooters where you have to respect when Curry's healthy. You know, a couple of the rookies are, are shooting the shit out of the ball. Um, but, like, when the paint was so crowded before, especially when you have a player like Ben, um, I, I would feel bad for Embiid. Everyone would crush him for it. Like, you got to make quicker decisions. It's like, what do you want the guy to do? And this year, like you said, he, he seems way more invested night in, night out. And he's just um, – he's playing faster, and he's, he's making better decisions. His turnovers are way down, and he's been a monster on defense. Yeah. Um, also, side note, talking 76ers, is it possible that Seth Curry was the most valuable trade this offseason for any team? Um, He's been awesome. I mean, I, nothing else comes to mind. I think it's a good, probably a good call. I mean, he's, he's just a better player than Josh Richardson is, straight up. Yeah, I mean, he's just the way he. We, you and like, I talked about him before. I mean, he's left two teams now, and they've both been worse off for it. I don't know why these people let keep getting rid of the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's just a sniper. Opens the floor up so much. Great get by them. Um, Jokic number one. He just does things on a basketball floor that a guy over seven foot in that size should not be able to do. Plain and simple. Right. He's 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 leading the league in assists right now, which is insane. Um, yeah. Like if if they have if they're they're getting they're getting right you you know night by night they started off real slow they, hey I mean they might be better without Porter I'm just gonna put it out there but um it like I was gonna you just we just said him beat MVP and it's it's really between those two for me and the Sixers just have a better record um Jokic isn't the defender that Embiid is but he's so dynamic on offense like and the way they play with him and Murray you get you you just on your heels the whole time on defense and he makes such quick decisions and he. He's become such a better shooter, too. Also a really great clutch shooter. I feel like every time he shoots in a tight one, don't you feel like he's going in? Yeah, I do. For sure. Yeah. He's, uh, I love, um, he's my favorite player to watch in the whole league right now. I'm glad you touched on point Michael Porter Jr., and I was going to save this for another episode, but I'm going to bring it up right now. So, Michael Porter Jr., obviously a lot of value. Guys like Gary Harris, Monte Morris, those guys are obviously valuable to the Nuggets and whatnot. Um. If I'm the Denver Nuggets, I am picking up deal? the phone. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and Porter, Porter might get better. He's just he doesn't know what he's doing on defense right now, and they have enough firepower, I think, on offense without him. That I just think I'd rather them go with a different lineup, whether it's Mill Savage or Michael Green, and have with I think Will Barton being back is really big for them. I think he's just a better player than Porter, than Porter right now, and I like you're saying about Beal. I don't know how many more guys you would get in a trade back that aren't picks that has more upside than Porter does. 
especially when you could throw a, like a deal with Porter and a guy like Gary Harris, because obviously Gary Harris is valuable to them, but with Morris and now getting back Barton healthy, and then you'd basically replace Beal. And they could obviously throw in first-round picks that will not matter because they're going to be in the playoffs year after year. Right. But there's not going to be a ton of better. And you might, you know, they might like Bull Bull. Um, he's there. He's he's shown signs, and they just drafted that R.J. Hampton, the kid who went to Australia and played. Yeah. And so, so I mean, like, if, if Washington had a high grade on him, that's another one that you know you might as well, you, it's not it's not going to hurt you to call. Yeah, I mean, and just a side note, I feel so bad for Bradley Beal because that dude is hooping yeah like he is balling out of his mind and there's just nothing going right with that like we talked about before like them swapping russ for john wall i didn't think it was going to be a difference at all and it's shown it's literally zero difference whatsoever yeah i mean they're they seem like they're better with russ on the bench i think they'd be better off if they would have just kept wall and not even because i mean westbrook's hurt now and yeah. Walls looked at least, like, pretty healthy so far and has been playing very well. Yeah. Not that I'm saying the Wizards would have, like, a much better record, but I think defensively Wall offers more. I think offensively, like, like we were talking about last time, Russell Westbrook is going to get a triple-double every night, but you're still going to freaking lose. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel bad for Beal. Like, I just don't see any way he stays there. And, like, I'd love for, like, I think Miami be a really good fit for him, but I just, I'm not willing to give up Robinson Hero to get him. Yeah, I'd know. rather wait. I'd rather wait and just let him opt out and then try to go sign him. Yeah, you, and you'd have to give up those guys, I think. Yeah, for sure, you'd have to. And we're a team like Denver. It's like in a West where, you know, obviously the Lakers are there, but like the West is really outside the Lakers. Like it's still up for grabs at the top. Like you go get a guy like Beal to pair with Jamal Murray and Jokic, like that could be a team that makes the finals. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and then we'll close today's episode with. You know, I kind of wrote down a few names for stock up, stock down for rookies. So I don't know if you want to just give me a few rookies that have really impressed you and a few that have kind of not, you know, maybe let you down or it's been like shocking as far as maybe they haven't been as impressive as you thought they would. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I love the Halliburton kid in, in Sacramento. Um, you know, they're not a very good team, but they're they're legit better when he's playing when he's not. He's been a little banged up, I think. Maybe there was a COVID thing and then he had an injury. But their hot start was a lot to do with him. He's already playing defense at NBA level, and he just um, he fits well with Fox. Good passer. I like his game a lot. Yeah, I have him on my stock up as well. Did you see the clip actually of him? He went to dunk on Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis squatted at like eight feet away and then just like stared him down and was like, what the hell are you trying to do here, kid? Yeah, it was funny. So uh, I had him, I had LaMelo Ball. I mean, he kind of started off really slow, but he's kind of really turned it on. Charlotte's actually not playing terrible. Um, him and Bridges seem like they have a really good connection. And so far, Gordon Hayward's working out for them. Um, yeah, he's been good. He's been way better than I thought. There, yeah, it I seems can... like that coach knows what he's doing. Yeah, so I have LaMelo. And then Tyrese Maxey on Philadelphia has been a pleasant surprise. I wasn't sure he was going to get a ton of minutes just because of you know, Curry, Green, Milton, all those guys being there. But with because of COVID stuff and injuries, like he's been kind of pushed into playing some quality minutes. And he's been playing really well. Yeah, he's been awesome. He's got that floater down already. It's it's almost really hard to guard, especially when you have Embiid. You know, you can't really leave Embiid too much. So he, he, he can get that floater off from the foul anytime he wants it. It seems like it's automatic. Um, that Isaiah Joe kid, too, has been shooting the crap out of the ball. Both those Miami games, he was awesome. 
Yeah. Um, so for players down, fortunately for me, the guy I picked to be a dark horse rookie of the year candidate has been awful. Um, Killian Hayes was brutal star. I know he's hurt now, but the first few games he played, he was awful. Like yeah, what, like did not look like he knew how to play the game of basketball. Um, was kind of surprised they didn't start Rose and just let him kind of ease his way off the bench instead of just starting him immediately. Um, so obviously he has not been good for me. Also, Patrick Williams, Chicago kind of started off hot, but I honestly don't think he's been very good the past like six, seven games for them. Yeah, I think – I mean, he's so young, but I do think that um, Okoro might have been the move there if you want that kind of player. He's already, yeah. like 30, he's already playing like 35 minutes a game for Cleveland. He's been really good. Yeah, I completely agree. I just he's, a great, he's a great fit with their, with their backcourt because he'll do the dirty work stuff. Yeah, Hayes and Williams were the only two I was like down on. It seemed like every other rookie has been – I mean, Wiseman's been like up and down, but that also has to do with – you know, Green wasn't there, and he's kind of up and down with minutes. I think they're kind of easing him in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they're the Warriors are kind of just a mess. But um, yeah, Steph is Steph is Steph. He is very fun to watch. I will watch any Warriors game, even if they're losing by thirty, because of the things he does. Right. If if Dre and him are, are healthy, I think they'll be the eight seed or, or hanging around there. They'll at least be in the play-in. I'm guessing you watched the game last night with him. Yeah. Unconscious. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> like, just straight up, like, dude's nuts. Yeah, um, I think last night was maybe the best I've seen Denver play this year, too, because Steph was cooking and it didn't seem to matter. Yeah, but, all right, that's going to do it for today's episode. We'll circle back in a few weeks. We'll probably be able to talk a little bit more about the Harden trade and how it's kind of working out because they'll probably have um, a handful of games in by then. We'll talk about some other um, NBA topics, I'm sure, once we – do that but you know good show again today and obviously uh go bills tomorrow all right man go bills talk to you soon